Hey everyone, you're now part of the B2B Power Hour and I'm your host, Nicholas Dickett. I'm Morgan Smith. We help sales professionals power up their sales skills from first touch to revenue, one hour at a time. Join us for weekly live shows and interviews with industry experts breaking down what works and what doesn't in the remote sales era. Now, on to today's episode. Just to jump in, we're, we're talking about personal branding and obviously we want all your hot takes and all the insights that you have from, from all your journeys. I think I wanted to get a gut check on this because one of the things we've been thinking about lately is that your personal brand is really about your credibility. And like in all sales, there's always a credibility challenge. You have to be credible in the eyes of the buyer. And the way we've been thinking about it recently is like personal branding, not as some fluffy (laughs) marketing exercise, but really is like building credibility with the buyers before you reach out to them. So I want to get your gut check on that and then ask, like, how do you think about your personal brand and investing time into it? Like, what are you looking to get out of all of your, quote, personal branding efforts? It's a loaded question. It's a loaded question. I mean, for personal branding, I mean, gut check, sure. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The credibility, I think that absolutely is spot on. I think that falls into a lot of different things. There's the trust factor, right? There's if people are going to look at you as someone, okay, I trust this person. Nobody's going to buy from anybody they don't trust. Like that's a massive, massive factor. So there's something sketch, not going to, let's move on. But with personal branding, you're kind of the face of, that organization, right? You're showing up being somebody who's not just a thought leader or somebody who's bringing all this massive expertise, but you're someone who is putting themselves out there, pushing the limits, admitting when you don't know all the things too, which is a big factor. And people are drawn to those who can say, hey, I don't know all the answers, but I can help you figure it out. Like I'll help you do so and figure it out together with you. Yeah, I mean, gut check, I'm right there with you with it being the credibility portion. I mean, I love that, that, you know, we label it as credibility, but when you start to put it that way, I think it changes how people should be thinking about their brand, right? So I'm a VP of sales. Let's say I'm a VP of finance. How does an SDR build credibility with their brand for a VP of finance or a VP of engineering or a VP of HR? Right. Like most of, and this is not a knock, I'm just going here. Most of the brand building you see happening on LinkedIn is for salespeople and marketers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. speaking to, to that. But like, let's go a layer deeper here though, of like, what does it take to have credibility in anything, in anything, regardless of, you know, whether we're talking brand building or not. I think this is what gets lost is to have credibility. You actually have to know your shit. And you need to know it better than your prospects if you're trying to be credible. And what I think has gotten lost in SaaS is industry knowledge, persona knowledge. It's yeah. all product knowledge, right? I'm VP of sales. I got sold to all the time by some of the, even the people you see on LinkedIn. Do you think there was a single AE that could actually talk to me at a level of VP could talk to me in terms of like selling? Like the EQ, IQ has to match. And where did that get lost in all of it? Because we don't teach it. But also then everyone's talking about building a brand. And it's like, well, but for who are you trying to build the brand for? Because we got a lot of people out there building their brands as sales experts, 
but that's not who they sell to. Are you an expert? <laughs> who decided? You're oh. a self-declared expert? Good gracious. <laughs> we see a lot of those, that's for sure. So I think that, like, I agree with credibility to build a brand, but I just think people massively underestimate how much time it takes to become credible in a market. Like, if you truly want to be credible in a market to a person, you need to be studying and researching that person, that persona, that problem for years because they've been working it for years. So the idea that you're going to come in and teach them something when you don't even do the job of the person you're targeting is a little bit silly. A little bit silly. And you've got a script that you're going to read off of that. It's like, oh, oh, shoot, this was for the HR director. Great. And I'm talking to the CRO. Ah, uh, yeah, let's reel that back. Like marketing's guide, their focus is what the persona, value prop. Let's match those. Great. Then we've got to look at CRO. What are they looking at? Revenue. Great. Match this. It's not hard. But where are the people training the people to know how to do this? Who's coaching the coaches? Mm-hmm. I think that goes into a lot of this, how you can build that credibility. I think it's a lot of personal growth that you have to pour into yourself and dedication that you have to say and goal setting for you for you and your own growth. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to ask for help from people who are doing things that I admire and that I am wanting to learn and grow alongside of. I might not be up here. I might not be a VP of sales, but I'll still reach out to KD and be like, hey, can you look at this? I'll reach out to Morgan or, hey, can you help me? And look, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. People are more willing to help than you realize when you just put yourself out there. Well said. I think that's credibility too. <laughs> Well, I think it's even how they get onboarded now. Because like when I first started, I had to go and sell into oil and gas. And I this is how much I knew about oil and gas. And so what they said is, listen to what your customers are listening to, read what they're reading. Yeah. And so I found out about this BOE report and I just read it every morning. And my goodness, it didn't take two weeks to figure it out. It didn't take a month. It took a lot longer than I cared to admit. But it was really interesting when I started to understand the industry and how it worked. I could talk to anyone and just have a conversation about the industry. And I think that actually sold more. But then as I went through sales and I got further up, what did they always start us with? Product knowledge. Let's sit there, you know, go watch the EE sell, listen to saying, listen to how they're, you know, pitching the product. But you're not looking at the major problem statements. You're not looking at the impact that you're having. You're not looking at how the industry works. So it makes you, I don't know, one trick pony is not a fair thing to say, but it it puts you in a really bad spot that what if what you're saying doesn't hit right away, you're kind of lost. Hmm. Market trends, like to know where the industry's going is wildly successful. I mean, that's where landed the biggest deals I've gotten literally by being ahead of what's going on. Literally the day something gets announced. Hey, this makes sense for us to sync up absolutely with what's going on right now. Boom. I get what you're saying. Let's do it. You know, because you're on top of your game. I mean, these kids, some of these, it's not fair to say, kids, but you know, we're all kids, right? It's fine. Roll um, with it. Kids are kids. It's right, we're kids. We're kids. So some of these young professionals who are right out of college, jumping into these SDR roles, being promised a whole, you know, where you're going to make 500K this year if you do make a million dollars a day kind of thing, like get out of here with that. But this whole, let me over-promise, under-deliver, you're not going to get what you want. There's a churn that happens. There's so, people get down on themselves. It's just not a healthy cycle when you don't have the people who are going, and going back to the whole training thing, it's these reps have got to understand. And there is a way to understand because I was one of those who had zero clue what I was doing. And I had to figure it out on my own, literally figure it out on my own because I had no choice. Single mom too. 
there's two little people looking at me too, to where it's like, ah, I got to figure this out or I'm not going to make it as me. And so I was like, mm, I'm going to be the best I'm going to be. I'm going to make this whole goal outline of what I'm going to do. And I will do it. I'm not just going to say I can do it. And I'm going to accomplish it. And I'm going to tackle this. And then one stair at a time, then the next staircase, then you do what's next best thing for you. So this is maybe like a hot take, but back to what Katie was talking about, especially it's something that I've been cognizant of lately about sort of the sales and marketing bubble on LinkedIn as a personal branding <laughs> echo chamber. Do you think that it's unfair to emphasize like personal brand building as an activity for sales reps who are either like early on in an industry or new to a role? Like, are there other priorities that should take, well, I was going to say priority again, but that should be ranked first? Or can you like, fold those things in together, I suppose, because we're sort of talking about how these things directionally come to personal branding, but there's a lot of other insight and knowledge that it sounds um, sellers need to develop. I mean, the best way to build your brand tactically is to share your growth. So if you're new to an industry, sharing what you're learning is the perfect way to build your brand. Right. Because what's happened with brand building recently is it really has shifted into call it like pseudo expertise. That's what people are trying to build is like I am an expert in what I do versus I'm in a new industry. I'm sharing what I'm learning, like found out what SOC 2 meant today. Everybody, that was crazy. Had no idea that this was as important yeah. as it needed to be. It's that type of stuff that people will connect with. So I do believe they can overlap. But again, it's making sure that you are where your prospect is. So if you're selling to salespeople, all right, maybe LinkedIn, right? Maybe you're up in, in Bravado, maybe you're in Pavilion, all that's great. But if you're selling to, oh, I don't know, small business owners, okay, maybe that's not the place they need to be. You're selling to engineers, maybe that's not the place to be. Share your story where your audience is, but don't pretend to be an expert before you are because real experts will sniff that shit out immediately, right? And there are times where I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't actually know that to be true. Sit down, sit down. And so the, it's things like that. So I think they can overlap. Again, it's just the world that we're in right now is LinkedIn and you have you know, people building brands around salespeople when they're selling to somebody else. Now that will work for you and call it your career because eventually, you know, whatever you can get, you can sell the course, you can do whatever you want there, but it's not necessarily helping you sell more if you're selling to VPs of finance, right? Truthfully, I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, over time, my brand caught on with people because I wasn't selling to salespeople, mm -hmm. right? So there was no alternative motive to what I was doing. I didn't sell to salespeople. It wasn't like I was the face of a company that sold to sales. I was sharing my journey in sales leadership without ever selling into them. Mm -hmm. It took me six years before I even sold a single thing to another salesperson, right? So it's things like that where like becoming an expert, sharing your journey is, someone put it in the chat, it becomes more relatable too when I'm going, Yo, Saki, what the hell is that all about? And then <laughs> how do you spell it? Socks too? Like what? It, yeah. Right. Then they see that and they go, this person's relatable. 
because I remember being in their shoes where if I wrote a post talking about, so SOC 2 compliance is one of the number one driving factors of enterprise companies to increase their security and reduce their vulnerability. If you're not SOC 2 protected, so. I mean, I caught myself today doing a post and I deleted the whole thing because I was like, acronyms galore. What are you doing, Amelia? Do you know what these acronyms mean? Are we making them up? Maybe. And so I had to like reel it back, deleted the whole thing. So I was like over it. But it was like, let's go back to the basics. Like, all right, what's your good market strategy? I would love to have a VP of sales, a C-suite person. And I see right there, individual contributor. Let's not use acronyms. Great. So let's have all three in the room and let's ask the same question. Or let's do it like one by one. Let's do it like if you're, you know, being interviewed, like, I don't know, you murdered someone, whatever. But you're going in and it's like this really serious thing. It's like, all right, what is, what's your good market strategy? Uh, I don't know. Like, what is it? Okay. What's PLG? Okay. What is the persona that matches this person? Very basic kind of thing. What is it that's going to be relevant? Not just personal. Why they're, why are they going to even respond to you? You know, would you respond to that long ass email? Can you respond to that? I mean, are you going to respond to that long email that you just sent out? Absolutely not. I'm, I wouldn't don't do it people, but thinking about how you can do things in a much smarter way than harder way and then ask people for help like i said like people are willing to help and then go follow these hashtags on linkedin like follow the things that really resonate with the growth that you're trying to the goals that you have the growth that you want to obtain and go and seek that knowledge out because it's not going to be within all these organizations that you're in and that's just the hard cold truth like but you can do it by yourself don't ever let anybody tell you can't i love how much emphasis both of you are putting on what we've often called like critical insight at least at our consultancy because it's just like how why should people pay attention to what you have to say and like what katie you were saying earlier if you can't articulate something interesting and something that your buyer doesn't know then you've got work to do to learn more about the industry to build the context not just about market trends but also about the persona you're selling to and all of that can be wrapped up in a nice pretty little bow of here's my learning journey, here's my personal brand and all the rest of it. But it's still this, I'm a seller, I'm getting better at selling to this particular persona. And I'm spending the time researching, learning, talking to those sorts of people or those sorts of buyers that I'm trying to get in front of. So that the 15th or 51st or 500th conversation I have, it's actually, oh, I didn't know that. Can you tell me more? And they lean in. And that's a, a magical moment. I love to talk about that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's a lot to be said for all of that and just showing up, right? Like a lot of people, and I would say, and we're, I'm going to shift a little bit if you have another you know, topic, but just a quick shift and say, there's the fear of, I don't want to show. I don't know how to show up with trying to build my brand. I don't know where to start. And there's these people who are way up here and I don't know. No, they're not way up there. They might have a title that's way up there. No one is superior. Then everybody puts their pants on the same way. Everybody falls asleep without a title. So don't think that anybody is higher up than you. I mean, that's a mindset thing. So write it on a post and put it next to you. I mean, 100%. But being fearless and still pursuing what your goals are. Like, what is it? Feel the fear and do it anyways. It's feel that fear, acknowledge it, do it anyways. Because whether you fail or you win, it's a lesson or it's a reward regardless because you're learning and growing. So take that for what it is. And if you don't want to just post like all this stuff, at least go find your 
those that you're targeting, your target audience, like find those buyers that you know that you can get in with, or even the champions, right? Like build those really solid relationships. And then, you know, what are they going to say when you're not in the room? Make sure that that's something that's really, you know, honed in on. And shout out to Nate Marcella, like he's great with Fluent, where there's the his platform where you can have that engagement back and forth between the seller and the champion. But like, if you're showing up with just liking, like following the right people, go follow them, show up on their, on what they're posting, go follow who's commenting a lot on their stuff, go follow them, be present, like just show up, your name's going to be tossed around and then bring a little value into the comments. Like if you're too scared to post, but just start building in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. This plays on what Katie even said right at the start. It's like, how do I show up in a way that's meaningful? Yeah. Thinking about what they need to see. But think about it, like how many times do people connect with you and they have less than 500 connections or they don't have any mutual connections or and you're going through and you're like putting yourself at a disservice because you don't look like what trustworthy looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think by asking that question, like what would a VP of sales look for? What would a VP of marketing, finance manager and actually just asking that question, talk to your peers and really look at that because. I remember when I was selling insurance, I hated dressing up. And so I didn't. And it sold me short because I didn't look the way they expected me to look. And then as soon as I changed and looked at what they looked like when they went out to the field or how they prepared themselves, and then I took that and went on the edge. So I was looking the way they expected me to look. It changed the whole game because people wanted to talk to me because they knew who I was. But I think that's the hardest part with social is showing up in a way that people expect that looks credible? Do you have trust through association? Are you posting content that, you know, fits into things that I'm thinking about every day? Or are you out on a tangent talking about being a quota killer? And it's like, are you looking for a job? Or are you looking to solve my problems? Hmm. I have a hot take. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go here. Go for it. Whatever. I don't care. Drop it. So and I don't know how many people on here and I'll talk to y'all like, okay, who here buy like who here has actually been the decision maker? Right, Amelia, have you bought software, right? Like for an org or a team, like for myself on my own terms okay. because I needed it. But no, okay. no, I've been a champion for, but never the buyer. So I, I've been the buyer, right? For the last seven, eight years, I was the decision maker. Not one time did I look up the sales reps LinkedIn and have it be impactful on how well they were able to sell me. Not once. I don't go to a rep's LinkedIn when I have a demo scheduled with them and make any sort of judgment about them based off their LinkedIn. Well, people get very confused. Social selling. I'm going to blow all this shit up real quick. It's not selling. It's social prospecting. Your social network does not mean you can close the deal. It just means you can garner attention. But just because you got the attention doesn't mean that's going to help you close the deal. So like, I actually am not a huge fan of like, oh, like, you know, you got your profile has to look a certain way to help close the deal because it doesn't. It's the conversation that we're going to have that's actually going to help us close the deal. Social selling or building a brand is about pipeline generation. That is where it can benefit you, but it does not help you close the deal. It's not like, well, that demo sucked. But man, look at their page. Oh, look at that background. <laughs> look, Hell look yeah. Posted. Is that a cover photo? God damn. It's got the right? cartoon pick. Hell yeah. No. The flip side's also true, right? Where it's like you could flip it and go, oh, I don't have a lot of mutual connections with this person. Now I'm not going to buy. 
So you need to set up your profile. It needs to look professional, but we need to make sure that we're separating the topic here because there's brand building. Brand building helps you generate pipeline. Brand building does not necessarily help you close the deal. That is prospect knowledge, that is problem knowledge, that is process knowledge. And some of the best closers out there have no brand at all. Mm -hmm. They've got no brand at all because you know how they generate their pipeline? Through referrals. That's where you really want to build your brand. Is That's the money. people that you have closed to the people that you've actually worked with before. I just want to call that out because I hear a lot of like, you know, set up your profile. Y'all, true, unless it is a sales leader or a marketing leader, there's nothing on your profile that I believe a VP of engineering is going to look at and be like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, like, okay. Like, I just don't. You're I selling don't. to them. They're not trying to figure out like, oh, they did rowing at XYZ college. I like this person. No, they don't have time for that. Like, that's not the goal. It's like, how can you benefit me? Great. What is this going to do for me? How is it relevant for me? Why am I talking to you? I don't care if we have this whole rowing thing in common. How's it relevant to me? Reel it back into this whole, let's go to the basics. Buy your persona, value prop, tie it together, make it work. But the brand that you're building, it is, it's pipeline generating. And that's where the referrals come from. That's how people have that credibility with you. Know, they look at you and think, okay, you have helped me, even if it's not helping in the sense of like, I helped you and I sold something to you. Oh, you're looking for this. Hey, I've got a great person you can chat with. Great credibility. Bill. There's that trust. Like, oh, great. And then it comes full circle. It's a garden. You're planting seeds. You're saying that we should be social on social. That's what? crazy Ooh. to me. <laughs> Honestly, though, Katie, I want to take this mic and just like drop it. Uh, I won't. It's very nice. It's true because it's something I think I see a lot of sellers screw up, which is that, oh, because I get a lot of attention, it means I will close a lot of deals, particularly like full cycle account executives, where it's like your attention can earn a meeting. The attention you have can earn a conversation, whether it's on outbound or inbound, or especially in certain industries where this sort of thing is more prized instead of selling to VPs of engineering, for example, like that amount of attention can earn you a meeting, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the deal is going to close. It's just you may open the floodgates, but then it hits the dam because your process, as you talked about, doesn't actually uh, support a high opportunity to close ratio or you're getting attention from the wrong people. And gosh, if that's not a common mistake. Yeah, lose momentum for busy work. Yeah, all sorts of busy work. So the questions sort of turn this around to both of you. Obviously, you have experience building a brand out on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we've covered some good ground here as to pros and cons and as well, like why plus why not. But what are the few things that you're doing every day to continue building or enhancing that brand, especially out on LinkedIn? But honestly, like, I don't really care. It's social. It doesn't have to only be LinkedIn. The dark so, social of the world. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, whatever. The above. What are the few things that you do that you prioritize in your time? that really are either like high leverage or the things that you feel are the most important? For me, looking at things from not just this instant, you know, right away, all right, I'm have something that I can work with where I can provide insights. I am dictating all the time and I'm just talking into my phone, into my note section to where 
ideas flow and I'm like, great, I'm in the shower, but I'm still talking to my phone. It gets every other word kind of thing. So it's kind of like a puzzle for me, which is fun. But, you know, having those ideas and not letting them just be dismissed, there's something to be said for that when you just are like, oh, this is something that either is a little bit off of what, like, I don't totally agree with what this person's saying. I'm not going to go try to start this like argument on LinkedIn, not my style, but I still can bring my thoughts to the table because they're just as valid. I don't care who it may be, but my thoughts are valid and somebody may be thinking the same exact thing that I am. So I think that that's a lot because I, when I first started trying to, I didn't know what I was, I just thought, okay, there's a better way to sell smarter. There's a better way to reach the people that I want to talk to. And I'm going to be the best version of me. I'm going to take chances by reaching out to people that I don't know if they'll give me the time of day, but they're in a place where I want to be. So if I want to get there, let me get the advice from people who are willing to share that. So really it's a, when you look at all of it, it's like, if you are not investing in, you know, it's hard because there's the daily, like you got to post at this time and this is the time that's the best for people. Okay. What's your angle? You want as many views as you possibly can get. That's not the brand building that you want to do. Like the views, all that. No, but it's the people who are engaging because they're in your corner because they see you as somebody who's really pushing the status quo that is making moves, who's showing up, sharing failures, not just successes, and saying, here's what I tried. Here, this is my epic fail. And all advice can be heard. Not all advice has to be taken. And so use what's best for you. But here's what's worked for me. And then a challenge of some sort, right? Like it's like, oh, great. Like 90% of my pipeline right now is through Slack channels. That's not necessarily the norm, but it's where I found the most success because that's where my buyers live. So figuring that out with realizing, okay, tried and true, a lot of this whole LinkedIn, like, great, that's not where you guys are totally living. There's Slack communities where I should go and be the most present, offering the most help that I can. And I believe it was Sam Jacobs at Pavilion posted something not long ago about the amount of money that is like passed through, through DMs and whatnot, through Slack channels is unbelievable because there's the credibility built and the trust factor because it's just a different outreach. It's not the the unorthodox way of doing things. So where people think, oh, the voice memo, same thing. You know, people think, Mm -hmm. okay, you're actually reaching out like you're, let's put like a voice to the face, you know, or send a little video, right? Like there's things to do that are so much easier. But going back to your original question, for me, I am not one that has this all generated big long thing of like, this is what I'm posting. I'm posting about what I feel as though is relevant to me or experience that I'm having at the time or what I'm seeing. And I can take this away from like what Katie shared the other day. He posted something about, you know, the unpopular opinion and, you know, let's be nice. What he said, and I was like, so T-Swift at the end. I loved it. But it was like, this is why we can't have nice things. So all day I was stuck in my head, side note. So <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. So yeah, I mean, it's so true because you people just break them because they don't know how to use them mm. in the right way, or it's just for their own personal gain. Mm-hmm. And there's just such a bigger play with all of it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Kitty? For me, I think it's just like, I just pay attention if that makes sense. Like, so similar to Amelia, I capture ideas. I have, I also use a notes doc of like, Oh, that was interesting. Note. Right. Oh, I read something. Note. Had a good conversation with someone. Note. Right. So there's just an endless supply of ideas on what to write for. But the other is like, I, I pay attention. All right, post blows up. Not my post, someone else's post. I'm like, I wonder why. 
what was it about that post that made it work so well? And so I'm looking at what was the opener? What was the body? What was the call to action? What time of day was it posted? So also just pay attention, right? Of like, okay, like, hmm, that seems to work. Note, right? This post, right? Who is getting a, a ton of tra- traction? All right. What is it they seem to be doing? So I said, that'd be the only thing I'd add other than capturing ideas is just pay attention to what is working, right? Like, and pay attention to not just what was talked about, but how it was talked about. What was the opener? What was the hook? Why do you think it got a lot of attention? Why do you think a lot of people hit expand? Why do you think people commented on it? Asking those types of questions is a great way to learn very quickly on what works and what doesn't. Love that. For sure. We've got a good question in here, which I was going to talk about anyways. I imagine that there's some tension when it comes to personal and company branding in your experience. Melanie asked, any advice for aligning personal brands and company brands? Because I'm doing an uh, employee advocacy session as a part of an internal rebrand launch and share all this stuff, but would love some thoughts on how to tie personal back to company stuff. And I know that this is a tension sellers talk about a lot, like how do I do this myself, but also for the company. So punt to KD maybe first, what, any thoughts? So I'll open with a question, you know, to the audience here without Googling, do you know the CEO of Nike without Googling? Do you know the CEO of Nike? No, no. That's the point I'm making to this question is that's why Nike has brand ambassadors. It's why they've got LeBron. It's why they've got faces to be it, right? So the way you connect to a company brand is empowering your people because people make up a brand, right? So that's the key to it is that you empower your people, right? Amplify them, give them the the easier right? Nick Nikenson, right? So no, it, it, so it's not Phil Knight. That's the founder, John Donahoe. In case anyone's wondering, John Donahoe. Right. The the point here, right, is like the people. The people are what you amplify. That's the connection back to the company, right? But if you force your people to write about your company, mm-hmm. right? Because think about this. I'll I'll use LeBron James, whether you love him or hate him, right? LeBron James, right? Actually, let's go Jordan. Let's go back to Jordan. Screw LeBron James. <laughs> He's a great kids book, though. Great children's yeah. book. That's fine. But yeah, okay. that's it. Okay, Michael Jordan. How many times did you ever hear him say, "I love Nike. Nike's the best." He didn't. He just lived the yeah. brand, and that was associated to Nike. So just where I'm going with this is help your people build great brands, be credible, be authentic, be real. That connects back to your company, right? But where a lot of companies go, it's like, oh, we have this content. We want our people to share it. All of you, same time, go. And they wonder why it doesn't work, right? So that that's my answer to this is help your people actually build brands, help them be credible, help them learn how to write copy, how to write social, how to be consistent, encourage it. But don't think that they need to represent the company per se, as much as if you have great people on your team, it attracts people to your company. That would be my my take on it. The hot take here, if you're with a company that does not let you build a brand, it's time to go. I am wholeheartedly a massive, massive fan of that. I have been positions like that to where I was very much so set back with it being like, no, you're going to hashtag us. You're going to do this. You're going to ensure that you do a poll and then you're going to teach everyone within how to do this. And we're going to copy someone else's copy that they created and we're going to use it internally and you're going to teach it. And I was like, 
No. So did I take the liberty upon myself to make other people better? Because there was such a need for it. Because literally right then and there, when that was said, 18 polls went up. What's the best XYZ tool? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop right now. That's not the way to do it. This is making a, the whole opposite of what you're trying to do happen. You're making this negative look on the company altogether. There's, of course, there's the formulas, there's the timing, there's the things to do with the, you know, how to space it out, right? Like the algorithm, whatever it may be these days. But, you know, I don't think that needs to be honed on as much. It's just doing things the right way with it not being all about the company. Sure, you can tie it back, right? But you don't have to have, and not every post, like make sure it's not every post. You don't have to hashtag the company you're with. But hot take, if there's a company who is limiting your ability to grow and to use, you are a mediocre, if you are a kick-ass, whichever want, whatever. If you're just, just now learning copy, like, and you really want to write and produce, you know, share things and insights that are going to attract buyers because they see the value of what you're bringing. And they're thinking, oh, wow, these people got their shit together. Like, great. Then that's like a win by itself. So if you're with the company, go. If they won't let you. That's, I totally believe it. I have, I'll have one partial counterpoint though, and I'll throw it as a question. What if they're underperforming? Right. If it's taking too much time. Well, not even about time. Because time, we haven't gotten into it. Building a brand is not okay. actually take much time. Someone is underperforming in their role and the brand they are trying to build is not supporting them in their role. Mm-hmm. Should the company still be supportive of it? Hot take. That's a big old yes and no for me because I think there's not the right people helping with the how-tos on how to build a personal brand and how, okay, I'm going to jump into the time. Are you, are you time blocking to make sure you're actually hitting your numbers? Like, are you, who's teaching that? I don't know. But what I'm making on this though, right, is your number one responsibility, in my opinion, is your job. That is your number one responsibility. If your brand building is helping you do your job, then you have the best of both worlds, right? You're building your brand, it's helping you do your job, great. But if I have an underperformer on my team, I mean, they're not doing their job while they're trying to build a brand outside of their job that does raise red flags too yeah. right because full circle back we said the whole point of building a brand right was to build credibility but if you're not doing your job well your credibility is low so and again this y'all this is coming from someone who built a brand this is coming from someone that i fully supported my team to build it but i never forced them to i never told them they had to but they had my full support as long as they were doing their job Because if you're at 50% of your goal and I see you on a webinar during the week that has nothing to do with you hitting your number, we will have a problem Mm -hmm. because your priorities are misaligned, right? So again, I want to call that out because there, you know, and I mean, I know you weren't going here with it, but there's the like, you know, if they won't let you build your brand, like, vamos, acete, get out. It's like, well, are you doing your job well? If you're doing, but are you right? Go back to that. Back it up, right? Okay. Exactly. Are you doing your job well? Oh, like they won't let me. Okay, but are you hitting your number? Because if you are, God bless you. Do it. I think that goes from you being the lead, or like you being in a leadership position, me being an IC, right? So for me, I hit my number. Like I know what I have to do, and so therefore I've got my time to be able to do things like this, right? And mm-hmm. I've been wanting to talk to KD for like forever. So like, duh. And it was a challenge to try to get you on this to begin with. So I was like, watch this, you guys. So I was like sending him a voice memo real quick on Civilian. So, 
So well, and I love the question from Melanie here too, because again, this is important, right? We live in America, right? I don't know how where everyone else lives, lives, you know, on this webinar. We're in America, right? We've got the right to free speech. The right to free speech. Yeah. That does not mean you're free of repercussions, right? Like you can say things that can lead to you getting in trouble. Free speech does not mean no repercussions. And so those are things where, and Melody brings up a good point. It also needs to be clear what your company stands for. Value. Because if it's yeah. not clear what your company stands for, then holding your employees to an invisible bar and agreement does not work, right? No. But again, you got, we got to remember with companies, if, for example, oh, I'm not going to use, I don't want to use that example. Do it, you all. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Like, all right. Ah, fuck. Do all right, it. Do it. Say, say my me. company, right, full is like a staunch, you know, supporter of, you know, Black Lives Matter. Again, just ah, oh, it's a horrible example, but you'll get what I mean. Okay, like we support this, and then an employee goes, "I was like, I am against this." Okay, that has nothing to do with brand. That's company misalignment. Right. And if as a company, you've decided this is how you're going to operate, it has nothing to do with their brand. It has to be there's misalignment in values. Should that person be at the company or not? That's also the right of private entities is you run a company, you get to make the decision of how it's going to operate and what it's going to stand for. But that works on both sides. Right. Okay. Just because a company, you interview them too. Right. Just because a company doesn't support what you believe in doesn't mean they have to change it. They formed that company. You don't have to agree with it. And that is what it is. Right. So that's one where it just needs to be clear what the company stands for. And that comes from the company starting their brand. What does the company stand for? How are they responding to things actually occurring in the world? Right. What are the things they support? So that it's clear to. Right. Because this is what I talk about with branding all the time. I would say I'm maybe in the 60 40 bucket, probably in the 50 50 bucket. 50 percent of people like me and my brand. 50 percent don't. And that is really a good thing. I love that. The 50% yeah. that don't would never come work for me, which is exactly what I want. Because if you don't align with me, you shouldn't be on yeah. my team. And that is okay. That's 100% okay. That's also the point of a brand is it's going to attract the ones it should, but also repel the ones it should. Right. Because when people do brands, they try to. If you're trying to please everybody, you will please nobody because no one can identify with it. Now, to be clear to everyone listening, I am not telling you to go post polarizing shit just to post it. Right? Yeah, don't go fight just to fight, y'all. Stop that. Sales people that wear hats are unprofessional. Yeah. Oh, get out of here, like, you guys. Like, don't ever do it. Right. Right. They're like, calling Katie unprofessional right now if y'all are saying that. So, like, yeah. stop. And if that's your take on me, Okay. Oh, All right. But you better stand by that and you better have some reasons behind it to do it. So you have to be willing to speak your mind and to be authentic without being offensive. There is a difference between being authentic and being offensive. You have to walk that line. I'm very authentic, but I go out of my way to make sure I'm not offending people. And if you're offended by what I posted, that means there's a much deeper Issue. Yeah, deep things. Yeah. It falls into the whole, you know, there's a way to go about with your personal brand, reaching people that you're trying to sell to and whatnot and having that 
okay, this person, I've seen their name, they've showed up on my stuff, they've done their homework kind of thing. Like they know what they're doing, not just like, oh, we run a rowing team together, da-da-da. But it's a, hey, what's going on in the industry? Like, are you guys, what's going on? Like, are you all facing this? Like, being so casual and normal about it, people like when people are people. Like, just be human, show up as you, and wear hats, who cares, right? Like, be you, and if you don't like it, go. But you gotta have, if you're building your personal brand, what are your values? Like, what do you stand for? Because that shows if you're if you're jumping into a new job too, you're interviewing that company just as much as they're interviewing you. If your values don't align, that's a big X right there. Like onto the next because value alignment, like that is huge. And if people don't align with mine, so be it. You've got your own. Like, I don't care if you align with mine or not, but this is what I stand for. This is what I believe. Take it or leave it. And those who are going to be cheering for you in your corner and vice versa are the people you want to have who are going to help you get to that next level of whatever your growth you know, plan is. I think that's why people lean back instead of lean in. And they'd rather tell than show. Will Allred won me over with how he comments and how selfless he is in the comments helping people, but he's showing what he stands for by being active. It's kind of like the people when we used to be road warriors and we would network in the community and support the things that meant something to us. But I feel like right now, because so many people are scared for their job or they don't, like you said, they don't know what the company values. They're too afraid to lean in and support something that means something to them because they're afraid they're going to piss somebody off or they're afraid that they're offside because nobody actually gave them a sandbox to play in and said, this is who we are. This is what we believe in. You know, if you're with us, we like like you guys were just saying earlier. So how do you go and tell people that other than fluffy posts or you can't you can't really lean in and really have a unique point of view, like even in sales. How many times do you come into a meeting where you really want somebody to have a unique point of view and have that conversation? But they keep telling you the same stuff, you know, and you're like, that's nice. So what? But I think that's the whole point of what we're talking about getting into this point is you're posting online. That's nice. So what? And how do we get to that deeper credibility, that deeper podcast, so lean what? in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to guess on podcasts. Every sales person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Even> everyone else. <laughs> well, and I, what I, I just want to affirm, because it's uh, something we, I think maybe goes underappreciated in overall, like, I don't know, hiring practices, which is that you're building a team. And as a leader, your role is to figure out what you want that team to look like. And I love the affirmation that both of you just offered, which is it's your responsibility to do that up front. If you have the invisible bar to clear, nobody's going to do it. And then it runs into all of these problems, I think, that we always hear inside organizations of, oh, gosh, we're really afraid of our, our sales team posting. It's like, well, that's really just a culture shift. They're probably posting anyways, just on an account you can't find. And competitors are doing it. You know, yeah. <laughs> competitors are skyrocketing because their people are having that industry knowledge. So, wow. mm-hmm. did you have a professional the business card drive by? Oh, do you guys remember when you used to back in the day when we did in person things and you got the business card like drive by and there'd be the people that'd be like, "This is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do." I go back to social being. That's what's wrong right now is too many people are trying to business card fly by. There's always those nodes. And you're in mail too. Yeah. But think of those people when you used to go to events with like the nodes, you're like, I need to get to know that person because everybody seems to know that person and they look like they're having fun and they're having great conversations and it doesn't matter where they go. Like they're just always people around them. Why is that? I think like even that too, like the show don't tell and like the networking path, like I think that's if we bring that mentality to any digital community is what is it like? 
the old saying of if you want to be people to be interested, be interesting, or at least be interested in them first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said it wrong. <laughs> I was like, nope, that's all right. Wait, wait. <laughs> don't don't be interesting, be interested. And I think because I'm gonna have to jump here in a second. I think what we didn't start with was what to define what brand means. Mm. And I think if we define what brand means, it will help people, right? Yeah. And I think about your brand, your brand is what are you known for? What are you known for? That is your brand. So if you go to a conference, right? The reason why people would introduce you to things is because you're known for something, right? Oh, you someone hears about RevOps, they're like, oh, do you? I talked to Amelia. She's known for that, right? You want to go talk about black hats? You got to talk to KD. He's known for that, right? It's like, what are you known for, right? That is your brand is the reputation that precedes you, right? Your brand is how people describe you when you're not there, right? That's yeah. that's what your brand is. And it's making sure that you're you're living by that brand because also you'll you'll get snuffed out, right? And people can tell when it's not real, especially once they meet you. I can't tell you how often when I meet people in person, they're like, dude, you're the same. Like you're exactly who they're like, well, no shit. I'm like, mm. right, you're exactly who like you I hope so to be. Right. But again, but the I the fact that that is the response means people know most people are not being authentic. Right. We know social media is only the good and not the bad, which is also why I share the bad. We know people like pump things up, right? But your brand is what are you known for? And so every time you're writing, what will this help me be known for? Every time you're on a webinar, every time you're engaging, every time you're speaking, every time you're commenting, it's like what am I known for? And is this supporting that version of my brand that I'm trying to create? And that is how branding works. If you think about any major brand, they're known for something, right? That's what separates them from everybody else, right? If you compare like a, a Nike to a Reebok, you compare a Reebok to a Fila, you compare a Fila to a Prada, compare a Prada to a, there's a different, you're known for something, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So for everyone listening, I want that to be the takeaway of like, what are you known for? That's your brand. And you have to define that first before you can ever try to build a brand. Too many people are trying to build brands without thinking about what I want to be known for. That's where it starts. Then you build your brand. Because to one of the first questions you asked, which is why? No, 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 everyone asks how. No one ever asked why. Why I built a brand. Very simple. I wanted access to people. I wanted access to people smarter than me. And I wanted people to want to work for me. That was why I built a brand. And that is then what garnered what I posted about and how I wrote and what I did things around it because I wanted access to people, right? And so now I have access to people. I need a question answered. I got access to people, right? Never have to hire a recruiter again because what I'm known for. I can do all that. And so I just want everyone to take that to heart as, as we wrap. I do have to jump here because I got to, I'm known as a coach and trainer. So I got to step into a training. <laughs> He's got to go do work apparently. Wait, what? You what? <laughs> and all that. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for having yes. me. Yes. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, everyone, for joining this awesome session. It's been great. What a wow. What a mic drop ending. Yep. Thank you very much. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Did you love today's episode? Subscribe now to have our three weekly episodes waiting for you. And if you really like our content, please leave a five-star review. But if you're not ready to give us a review, check out another episode and follow us on LinkedIn. We'd love to win you over. See you next time. See you next time.